So it's been a quiet couple of days for the Knicks. Not a ton to uh, to go over game-wise, but we do have some interesting comments that have come out in the last couple of days. Um, I think the most interesting thing to get started on is the Knicks have finally released an update on Chris Sopsporzingis' medical status with his torn ACL. Um, prognosis is looking like he'll be on track. He's looking good right now on track for reevaluation in mid-February, just about a year after it had happened. Um, Kyle, how are you feeling about Kristaps' injury status? Do you think this move by the Knicks is the right one? I feel good about it personally. Um, I mean, doctors have said that it doesn't matter that he's seven foot three and has his kind of unique frame, and I get that. But the optics of it still, to me, just kind of feel like be as cautious as possible. So... Um, them kind of ruling him out through February, you know, by saying he's going to get reevaluated middle of the month kind of makes me feel a little bit better about how cautious they're playing it. Um, it makes it sound as though the earliest he'd come back is March. And as we've said all along, while we maybe don't agree with it fully, or at least I don't, um, if they wanted to bring him back for 10 or so games, you know, sort of sporadically to let him finish the season and get a feel for things, that'd be fine. Uh, I'd prefer if they sit him entirely, but it is what it is. But um, I thought it was the right move. I thought that's exactly how you should be handling this. Um, if you take this rebuild as seriously as you, you tell everyone you do, you make sure your one true asset is you know, 100% ready to go and uh, healthy for the future as you plan to you know, actually sign legitimate free agents in their primes. You know, something we haven't done in what seems like ever, you know, outside of Amari. Yeah. So um, I, I feel good about it. It just seems like the yeah. right way to play it. I feel I feel really good about the decision being made today. I feel like, you know, I, this is a pretty obvious call. Um, but we've seen the we've seen what seem to have been obvious calls from the Knicks front office, even in, in recent times, you know, end up going the other way. I mean, we can point at the decision to stretch Noah earlier in the season and. Uh, and, you know, what what ramifications that may have in the end, like we're not completely free of short sighted Knicks management. But this one, this decision to not rush him back on the court seems to be or is, in my opinion, definitely the right move. I do think I disagree with the, your opinion that they should sit him the whole season. You know, again, I don't think that they will. Um, but I, I, I do think that he could get some value out of playing 10 to 15 games to end out this year, even up to 20 or something like that. You know, you ease him in, you play those first couple of games, keep him under 20 minutes, keep him under 15 minutes, whatever you have to do. But I think there will be a legitimate benefit to him playing at the end of this year just so he can come into next season stronger um, and not feeling like he hasn't been on a basketball court in 18 months. Yeah, I I don't really have big issues with that because if he does come back, he's going to be, generally they're going to bring him off the bench to begin with, right? So there's going to be, three or four games minimum where he's going to come off the bench and play like really low minutes just to get back in 
and then we're going to see him kind of slowly increase. But he's never going to play more than 20 or so minutes a night. You know, they're not going to give him some sort of heavy workload as soon as he comes back. He's probably going to play really light minutes. And, again, it's going to be at the end of the year. And not to say that those games um, are less physically impactful, but, I mean, I just feel like we see how a lot of teams mail it in those last couple of games. So, yeah, that's that's a fine time to come back. And, and as long as it's not over the top, which I doubt that it would be, then that's that's fine. I may not like it, like the optics of it, but it's fine. And like, you know, also to be considered is that, you know, the Knicks aren't exactly in great standing as far as the record is concerned, you know, it, you know, in terms of being a competitive team um, at the moment. And after, I mean, it, it's starting to show, especially after losses to the Phoenix Suns and, uh, and the Atlanta Hawks recently that, you know, this team just isn't going to be able to compete. It's no secret to anybody. It's not news, but, once they face this stretch, they're going to be going through in January, like we've been talking about for a while with games against, you know, the Warriors and the Lakers and all sorts of teams out there and a heavy West Coast trip. Um, you know, the Knicks are going to be it, it wouldn't shock me if the Knicks ended up with less than three wins throughout all of January. And by that point, you wait for Chris Ups to get reevaluated. You know, it's not like this team is going to be playing competitive basketball. It's not like other teams are going to be competitive against the Knicks. You know, there's there's certainly time to experiment and play around and just getting KP out there, getting his legs, you know, well, I guess very much acclimated, especially that one that one uh, leg that he tore up, you know, get, getting him on the court for a little while, I think is going is going to be beneficial to how he starts off next season. Um, yeah, yeah go ahead. I was going to say, no, I mean, we'll see what happens, but they're playing it cautious, which is really all that matters for me. Mm hmm. Um, so let's talk about maybe, I don't know if we could call playing it cautious, but not necessarily being the most optimistic that they've been earlier in the season. Steve Mills recently said in, in an interview that the Knicks are not, the, the Knicks could make look towards 1920 or, or 2020 or 2021 to make a uh, splash in the free agent market and not necessarily be looking to sign somebody with max space in 2019. Um, I think they're, this is kind of an obvious, you know, they don't know if they're going to sign Durant. Nobody really knows what Durant's going to do. Again, it, their smoke is out there, but it's, it's still hard to see Durant leaving the Warriors. Um, but Steve Bills wants to have all his bases covered. I think he's trying to say that he's not just going to go out there and sign any free agent if they don't get Durant, which is definitely a smart move. Uh, how did you interpret Steve Mills' comments? Now this is what's sad is this is the exact right approach to how they should be handling this thing, and they did it backwards in how they came out with their statements at the beginning of the year was no we're basically like we're going big game hunting we're pursuing max free agents you know we can make you know we'll have room for one we can make room for two and they kind of came out guns slinging you know and that was fine like that was the we felt good about it like yeah you know like you have kp coming back a couple of kids um of course we want we want to hear that of course we want to hear that you're going to shoot for those guys right but they sounded really confident about it and that's when those durant rumors started to leak like and they sounded very confident and now they came out with this statement which there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that because the statement um from mills the the couple of noteworthy ones were that they aren't going to sign any Max-like free agent 
unless that player would be a dramatic difference maker to the team's fortunes, which like that, that's what you would hope they would do. You know, like that's not anything substantial. Like, of, co- of course, we'd hope you don't do a Joakim Noah deal, you know? And then um, he later said, we are in a position if we need to find a slot for a max salary, we can do that. Our focus is on the guys that we have right now, developing them and also developing the environment or the culture that exists around our team. If we don't make this a place that guys internally feel something good is happening and believe in what we're doing, that's not going to be attractive to people who are on the outside. Um, And then the last thing he said here was, our guys have to feel it. And then, you know, they, the free agents, have to hear about it and see, you know, see it and how our guys are interacting with us. The plan is that we develop an environment that the free agents should want to be here. So that's, it's just backwards, you know, like that's how the summer camp training camp quotes should have been, you know, that's, that's how they should have led with. And then as the year progressed and they felt the culture was developing the right way, then they kind of could have been like, yeah, we have the, you know, we have a max slot open, we can make two and, you know, we have plans to do so. And that's, that's sort of my thing is like, this isn't anything groundbreaking or substantial, just sounds like it because it's sort of the opposite of what they said in the summertime and it reads bad. Yeah, it's like they put themselves into the running a little bit too early on. Like, it, like they they talked all this game at the end of the summer and you know, the beginning of the season and everything. It's a kind of a way of putting themselves into position to be talked about with these max free agents. But, you know, now they're at a point where it, where it feels like they're almost tapering off that. They're kind of pulling back. And, of course, they would love to sign Kevin Durant this summer. And if they have the opportunity to do it, they will. Um and, you know, it's good to hear reinforcement that they're not just going to go after anybody. But, yeah, it's it seems like these saying things like like that they're not going to go after everybody at this point after, you know, all these signs are here of them trying to clear out cap space. And, you know, they're, they've been very adamant on their plans to make a, you know, make a move, make a splash in 2019. You know, even if it's not that Durant that you're ending up with now, it seems like that you might be you know, scaring off potential suitors. And even if you don't want to sign them, you don't necessarily want, you know, not want to get in a conversation either. Because so many of these players too, the biggest part is just getting a meeting. If you, you know, if you're not regularly taking free agent meetings with the, with these players and trying to go after these guys, you're not going to be looked at as a destination. The bigger players are not going to look at you in the future. So I think it is important this year for them to be taking, you know, interviewing players, taking a look at the guys out there more than just Kevin Durant, but, you know, primarily focused on him and uh, just be smart about who they're actually going to go after and sign. You know, just because they're talking to somebody doesn't mean that they have to sign them. It can just show that they are a team who's willing to negotiate and who's willing to be out on the market. Exactly. I mean, you got to do your due diligence. That That's all that they've right. really been saying. They haven't been saying they guarantee anything. They haven't been saying that they're not going to take action. They're basically just saying, like, look, man, we're going to we're going to see what happens. I, I do think that when it comes to setting the the culture like like Bills has been talking about and setting the identity of the team and uh you know every, everything that he has been discussing earlier on uh in, in his statements that it's time to try to move out these big contracts it's time to kind of make it known that you're trying to move some guys who are blocking the development of the younger guys because if you're trying to set this base and you're trying to be appealing to free agents who are going to be able to make their mark on this team and fill in the gaps that we have to fill in um, you know, you got you got to start showing what they are. You got to start playing your younger younger guys a little bit more. You know, it, it's time to move 
players like Ennis Cantor. It's time to move someone like Courtney Lee. You know, it, it, it's not going to be the most popular thing in New York with some fans, and I'm sure the players are going to not feel as great about it who are on the team right now. But if you are looking forward, if you're you know you're facing forward here, if you're trying to get these other free agents to look at your your destination as an appealing place to be, you know you got to clear the deck sooner than later and, and show them what you know what what's going to be left there, what they potentially could have that they could fill in around. Or who could fill in around them, I guess, too, when it comes to somebody like Kevin Durant. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw somebody in our mentions recently going a little bit nuts about, well, if they miss out on Durant and these other, you know, top-of-the-line free agents, and this is a failure. And I was just like, you know, they're like, the, this roster stinks. And, and yeah, that's true, but a lot of them are young. The, the point is, of this season, everybody's on short deals or everybody's on team control deals. Everything, you know, really just... It's a beneficial situation aside from them needing to move Courtney Lee and, you know, I don't know what they're going to do with Tim Hardaway. But, um, I mean, the point is that this year sucks and that this team sucks. And you're just trying to find, you know, sort of individual um, pieces that are going to stick, you know, for next season to be on. So that's that's the point of the year. We're just sort of throwing shit at the wall. And if a Moutier sticks and he can we can figure something out, um, if if they swing and a miss on all, all the top free agents they were looking to get then okay now maybe now you take them maybe they you know fall back on the draft to three or four and they miss out on you know zion and and barrett maybe um you know it, it's okay to retain a guy like von Ley for a little bit more money than maybe you would hope for you know like it's okay i've been it's a decent been spot with kp that for a while with Vonley, I've been, I've been I've been in the camp that if he's going to get the kind of contract that you know what I'm expecting right now, especially if it's on the lower side of eight to you know twelve million in that range, uh, I'm of the opinion you keep Vonley. You kind of work out the rest, and that's where you know not having stretched Noah and potentially finding a place to move him to could have helped out because then that six million dollars you just have in dead cap space could pay for a lot of what Noah Vonley would be commanding, but. You know, well, there's nothing you can do about that now because it's it's just an unmovable, you know, sunk cost. Um, but yeah, but I mean, you know, I, I of course the cap space is very tight when it comes to trying to get somebody of a you know a major max level free agent this summer. You know, Durant's going to command thirty eight million dollars to start with, and that's not going to be easy to make it all work. But if you don't get him and you're able to, you know, keep a, a player who's proven to be impactful. At pretty much every game through the beginning of the season in Noah Vonley, or even if Moody hangs on, like you're saying, and he's able to, you know, re-sign with this team on on a fairly similar deal. I, I, if as long as he's hanging on like this, he's proven to have earned that. And you know, it's good, I think there's going to be a lot of evaluation with the front office when it comes to this summer on who real who realistically they should be keeping around and what realistic chance they have at going after these big free agents. Uh, but that being said. If you if you do have the opportunity to get to get Durant, you got to let these other guys go. That and I think that's kind of why it's it's so frustrating that those late summer signings were all one year deals, where you know no one expected Noah Vonley to come out and be a starter, you know, at this point in the season. Uh, but you know, not having him on a on a two year deal or a team option deal right now is going to end up hurting the Knicks in the in the long run in their pursuit of more players to join the score. Well, it's funny about the the team option thing. Was remember everybody got mad at us uh, in the summertime for saying the one year deal was fine. 
And they all said, well, you know, they should have gotten a team option. Have the Knicks ever heard of a team option? And that was for Hazonia. Like, that was the only one that people argued about. Well, what if uh, Hazonia finally breaks out this year and then he, he cashes out elsewhere? Then what? It's like, well, then he cashes out elsewhere. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing we can really do about that. And and even with the team option, it's tough because I believe you have to renounce them. You'd have to renounce them anyway um, if they wanted to make room for... Um, Durant so they would even if they had a team option like a Vonley they would have to renounce it and then kind of tell Vonley like hey we're gonna try to sign you back we'll let you know what we can offer after that like that's sort of what happens there so you have to sort of renounce and then start a new contract so right and you wonder you know I'm I'm sure I'm sure the relationship between Noah Vonley and the Knicks are good but that is also asking a lot of a player you know, that's, it, it that's is. that you're you're both asking him to wait on deciding what his future is going to be and accept less money just to come back and play for your team. And there are not a ton of players, and you know, rightfully so, but there are not a ton of players in the league who are going to be okay with that. And it, it would be no indictment on Vonley if he wasn't okay with that. Um, but you know, if that's what the Knicks are hoping for, then they, you know, you got to have some contingency plans to go in there too. Yeah, I, yeah. I like Vonley. I'd love to keep him around. Obviously, he could be a very realistic casualty of of the potential of Kevin Durant coming here if that ends up coming to be a thing or any other free agent of that caliber uh and who would be commanding that kind of contract but um but yeah there there are some realistic pieces on this team and there are some unexpected contributors who look like they could do more going forward and you know it, it, the decision who is to keep around and who will be going is going to be not quite as cut and dry as I think it, we once thought it would be um, let, before we get out of here tonight, let's turn to the biggest occasion of the week. Uh, the Knicks continue tradition. They have a Christmas day matchup. They will be playing the Milwaukee Bucks. Do you know what time the game is on it? It should be noon. They got the noon game. That's right. They do have the noon game this year. Uh, so Knicks and Bucks at noon. Um, the last time this happened, Mario Hazonia stepped over Giannis, and there was this whole big thing about it. We might have made some T-shirts. Um, and then Hazonia has completely disappeared from the lineup. So um, I don't know if we're going to necessarily get you know, Giannis versus Hazonia round two, which is probably works out in our favor. Um, but Knicks Bucks, what are, what are we excited to see on Tuesday? I just want to see Knox. Same thing I've said the last couple of games. I just want to see Knox keep rolling. Um, it just seems like even though he's only really effective in the first half lately, the last week or so, he's had this strange scoring binge in the first quarter, and then he just fades off. But mm-hmm. um, even still, with that, he had 24 and 6 the other night um, after yeah. having 21 in the first half. Like I mean, that's still a really, really, really good game for him. And um, I just want to see him keep rolling, keep, uh, not just rolling, but like the, these twenty-point games where he's still being effective on the glass. Like that's what I want yeah. to keep seeing. Like we know the defense, uh, his finishing around the rim, like his really big weaknesses, and and those are fine. He, hopefully, he learns and figures them out. But the way he's just shooting right now, and the way he's been trying to attack the rim, um, a lot of dunks lately. It's just that that's what we yep. want to see. That's what we saw in the summer league. And we were skeptical if it would translate, and now we're kind of seeing the same guy. And now he looks comfortable. Yeah, he, I mean, he he for sure looked nervous to begin the season, and then he was speaking about this the other day too. But you know, the injury definitely sent him back, and it took him a couple of weeks to look right out there. But I think he finally does. And you know, the scoring drop off is cause for concern. 
Um, you know, the fact that he, he drops like 19 in the first quarter the other day and then just disappears afterwards. Um, but it, it's a, again, he is 19. It's a process. It, it's like he's going to have, especially this year, he's going to have points where he's going to you know, start the game hot. He's going to heat up as the game gets along. He might have games where he doesn't score any points. He might have games where he just scores consistent, you know, you know, three, four points in a quarter or something like that. But, you know, all to say is that he is scoring at least, you know, how he learns how to develop it consistently. You know, it, it's going to be a work in progress. But, he, you know, Kevin, uh, Kevin Knox is not going to be, you know, an all-star in season one as a 19-year-old. Right. I mean, the other thing that I'm looking for as well in this one is Alonzo Trier is playing. They yes. confirmed. Uh, he missed the last couple of weeks with a hamstring thing so it's good to see him back we've missed him quite a bit um not just his offense but he again he's been a, a pretty decent defender this year in the context of him being a rookie and not just straight up bad like we've seen from Knox at times so that's to me that's important there there's some important you know wings and guards on the bucks where you know blood so uh, after having a really down year last year is playing really well now Brogdon mm-hmm. is really consistent. So it's just, you know, you got to get up for it. So if we have all of our guards back and Dotson's back healthy now, so mostly just kind of seeing how those guys keep getting acclimated too, but very excited to have Trier back. The other thing I'm interested to see on Milwaukee's side is uh, George Hill playing for them now too. I haven't yeah. caught up on what his stats have looked like since the trade there, but, um, you know, that's just another weapon to go alongside Bledsoe that I think they could use, uh, you know, and uh, Brogdon there as well, that I think they'd be able to use to really, uh, you know, get some impact, to get some perimeter scoring. I mean, that's exactly what you need around Giannis. So I, I, I like his fit there. I'm I'm, uh, I'm excited to see how he's going to play for them. I'm hoping that he will be relatively tame against us, of course. But, um, you know, the Bucks are in a different league right now. They are, you know, firmly one of the front runners in the East and, It'll it'll be a pretty exciting matchup to say the least. There's some heat and there's some fire between these teams, so I uh, I'm I'm excited to see the matchup. Did you see that stat the other day, by the way, that Giannis has put on 51 pounds of muscle since coming into the NBA? I, I did, and my initial reaction, besides "Are you kidding me?" was, man, I hope that kind of happens for Kristaps. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't think that Kristaps has the same kind of athleticism that Giannis has. I don't think Kristaps necessarily has the same level of durability that uh, Giannis has showed so far, but I think Kristaps can make a similar jump. He, I can definitely see him putting on a couple of pounds and being able to solidify himself more around the post. And just the way that Giannis faces the floor, just just the way that Milwaukee's offense is put together. I was watching the play the Celtics the other day too, and just you know, Gian, Giannis just roaming the middle and and all these shooters around him. It's just. God, they just know what they're doing. You know, shouts to Budenholzer really bringing it to, to them there. But, um, yeah, Bucks are Bucks are looking good. It'll be a tough matchup. It should be an exciting Christmas day. And then game right after that too. We also play the Bucks. Yeah, it's a home and home, is it not? Yep, it's a yep. home and home. Uh, Christmas at the Garden, and then you know head to Milwaukee. But, uh, but yeah, it should be a should be an exciting should be an exciting day. It should be an exciting matchup. It'll be good to see Trier back out there. Um, and yeah, now there's just uh, more questions about which guards get minutes. Oh, uh, for, for real, last thing before we get out of here, it doesn't even deserve a full-on conversation. But I just wanted to 
to say something about the Jabari Parker rumors because yeah yeah let's let's finish out on this uh, okay so it it was rumored that the Knicks expressed interest in Jabari Parker um, I just want to go just get this out of the way uh, pretty quickly that the only way that this deal would happen because they they have basically what's happening here is. The Bulls can sit tight on Parker and just bench him in an already shitty year for them, and then he right. could just walk. Yeah, and he could just walk, and it, it's no sweat to them. This is they could, they they really could care less about Jabari Parker, right? So it's about what what the Knicks can do for them in the situation. So to make the money work, we have to send a Tim Hardaway Jr. Right, but they're not going to take Tim Hardaway Jr. So there's a lot no. of people tweeting us that it's never going to happen. They just paid Zach Levine eighty million dollars. They are not going to take Tim Hardaway Jr.'s, you know, f- whatever he's going to have, $36 million left for those last two years. It's it's just not going to happen. They're not going to lock themselves into both those deals. So, right. I, I think what Knicks fans fail to recognize with this situation is that the Bulls are in just as bad, if not worse, of a situation than we are in right now, um, than, than the Knicks are in right now. And so it do, it just doesn't make sense for them to put a take on contracts like that. Well, the it, only it, one, and I've, I've really looked around for a bunch of things, you know, and obviously the Knicks don't have second round picks to send out with any kind of contract to them either. So you don't really see, and they're not going to send them a first in any kind of Jabari Parker deal. So, you know, that there's no real incentive there. The only one that I kind of could see that um, I think might make sense for the Bulls is uh, Moutier and Lee together right and let, let them take a stab at Moutier but then they also already have so much invested in Chris Dunn and they have some you know some point guards are going to be working on with out there so you know even that seems shaky at best I feel like there could be other offers if they do want to move him but you know it's like you said there's no reason for them to truly move him and take on more money it's you know they can just sit tight and let him walk or they sit tight and wave him at the end of the season you know yeah and or, the- or they'll just buy him out straight out like you know it's it's no one's going to trade for him, and it's not like there's any, you know, it's not like it's going to do him any harm to just wave him outright. So, yeah, see, the the Bulls are going to want. Everybody seems to. This happens every year with uh, our mentions. As soon as there is a trade rumor, um, all, all you guys tweet us and go, "Well, why don't the Bulls just take all the shit that we don't want, and we'll just take the thing that makes our life easier, which in this case is Parker, because we can just wave him and get uh, more cap space." But um, you know, everybody's tweeting us and going, well, you know, we need to get rid of Courtney Lee. So give them Courtney Lee and Lance Thomas, and we'll call it a day. Why would the Bulls do that? Doesn't make any sense. It makes it makes no sense. So please, guys, consider that. You know, also, the Bulls, the Bulls that... have to get something from this. It's not just right. giving them our, our shit. The Bulls aren't trying to make our lives any easier. Like, they, they are, you know, we have similar records. We are expected to be competing again around the same time you know, as the Bulls are. If, if all the cards work out. You know, we're both in that team building phase and the Bulls, I'm sure, are not sitting there trying to figure out ways that they could help the Knicks out when they know that in just a few years down the line, they're going to be, you know, potentially competing at a competitive level again. It could could be in the playoffs. It could be even further into the playoffs. You know, they're just the Bulls have no reason to be fortifying us right now or making our lives any easier unless we give them something that makes their lives easier. And we don't have anything to give. Yeah, I mean, pretty much is what it comes down to. So, I mean, not a lot of these deals make sense unless uh, there's some sort of draft compensation to factor in for the salary dump or unless they bite on, you know, us selling high on uh, a Moutier. But 
it, it's really just not there, – there are better deals to be had for people who are probably yeah. going to be trying to clear salaries. So, uh, yeah, without a doubt. All right. Anything else you want to get out of here? Um, I think we can wrap up. Do you have anything to plug? Um, just we make, make sure – real, real quick before we uh, – you do. Sorry. I, did, I know I just gave you the floor there, but uh, I wanted to say before I forget that we have a new video series out on YouTube. Um, and it's been floating around the timeline as well. TKW highlights getting put together at the end of games. Um, yeah, ch- just check them out. Just good. Uh, we just try to pinpoint some of the, uh, you know, some of the more telling plays of the la- of the most recent game as soon as they're available to us, and, uh, and you know, put them out there for you guys to see. So, you know, you similar to things you've seen from us in the past, but uh, you know, now we're. We're, we're trying to bring it up to you guys again in smaller sample sizes and smaller clips. So uh, check those things out. They're on the YouTube channel, same place you can find this podcast at. And now I will for real give you the call, the uh, floor, Kyle. Well, that was good. That was on my list. So, okay. um, no, but besides that, make sure you're following us on, on Twitter, on Instagram, at the Knicks Wall. Make sure you uh, like us on Facebook. We're there too. Uh, we've been doing a lot more there lately. So we'll, you know, just another platform to follow us do some different things over there make sure you subscribe and uh tune in for the twitch channel that's twitch.tv slash the Nixwall. and uh just make sure you keep checking out the nixwall.com every day for the best original content so uh, you know outside of that uh have a very merry christmas guys and for the rest of you enjoy you the game um uh, just a good holiday or good couple of days off in general and uh you know, I know everybody's rooting for the tank, but I, on the big games like this, the important games, I always like to see the win. So hopefully they It'll can pull needed. this one out. There's some, there's some blood between these teams now. So, uh, you know, it should be a fun watch at least. So uh, hopefully you all don't get caught in a car heading out to see relatives like it's looking like my Christmas might be. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I have a feeling I'm going to – I do it every year. I do it every year. I remember listening to Shumpert's debut on the radio uh, and how disappointed I was at that time. I guess in hindsight, you know, that wound has been healed. But get yourself comfy, get yourself a, a good drink, some good food, and chill in front of that TV and let's uh let's see the Knicks take on the Bucks. Alright guys, take it easy.